podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleep Suplex Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, as season 19 comes to a close, we're ready to discuss another finale in what is one of the most chaotic times here on the ESSR Fantasy Draft. My name is David Hockney and I am one man banning, banding it here today because the other three SDL co-hosts have other commitments, you know, whether last minute or planned well in advance. So when you hit rock bottom, you have to go back to the watering hole, back to where it all began, back to where we had one of the OGs running this show. So that's where I've went to. Please welcome my co-host for today, Scott McLeod. Scott, how are you? Uh, you never had these kind of issues scheduling wise when I was around. I uh, know, right? Absolute shambles around here. But yeah, it did seem weird, Dave, that the last few times I've been invited on, no matter how well I'm doing in the season, uh, it's always when like barely anybody else hosting wise is available. So Let's let me know how I stand in this hierarchy of guests on SDL. Mm. It's as if the Royal Rumble doesn't matter to the other three, especially when it's probably the most exciting pay-per-view of the entire year, which could make or break a superstar. It could make or break a performer, and it could turn an entire season of rankings on its head. Scott, we're going to start off with the top three of the week. And let me tell you, it's a jam-packed, loaded week of top scorers. Four superstars scoring seven points this week and are in joint second. So we'll shoot through the shoot through them as quickly as we can. We have Adam Copeland, Trick Williams, and the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane, all individually on seven points. Adam Copeland obviously getting a big win over Minoru Suzuki on Dynamite this past week. And it looks like his feud with Christian Cage isn't quite over yet. I mean the thing with Adam Copeland is like after the whole thing that at World's End, I think you'd be disappointed if you had him because, like, oh, big people you take on, immediately followed by a big people you take loss. So, points wise, you really didn't move up that much. And yeah, he's been getting wins recently, but now it's looking like his next step is like a much more of a slow burn than you might uh, have anticipated. You know, he got that match with uh, Minoru Zuki earlier this week. I think the fact that he's he said he's going to go out to Christian, but he seems to slowly move his way up there. Might affect his placement next year. Maybe he may go a place lower than he did this year because mm-hmm. he just needs to be just yeah, he's getting points, but like he's, he's just having matches in a minute and he's not really going anywhere storyline wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, in Adam Copeland's basically the uh, the headline guy for Collision after CM Punk jumped ship back to WWE, but. As long as he's there and getting up, getting wins and maintaining a strong program, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the main event scene. As long as he's getting appearances and getting wins here and there, that's obviously going to be good for anybody that drafts him. And he's currently on. Uh, let me see. He is currently on Johnny Adams' team, second highest score of twenty eight points, just behind Dominic Mysterio, thirty four points. But it doesn't translate well to Johnny Adams' standings in the in the rankings, unfortunately. I was going to say the other picks, like you got to be aware, obviously that two went last night was it, well, it was inevitable that the two were probably going to get the belts when they joined uh, Damage Control and 
also like you've got them on your team it's a good way to end it it's using a big title win um, mm-hmm. uh, the Kabuki who, Warriors yeah who, who was the last one on seven uh, Trick Williams somebody who's actually been ranking very highly this season he's currently on 51 points overall and yeah I think the win from the Iron Survivor Challenge has really kept him up in the top top echelon of the rankings and stuff. And there he crops up again with a win over NXT and a brief appearance on SmackDown. But I want to talk about the reaction he got when after Carmelo lost Austin Theory this past week. Like it was arguably one of the loudest pops of all of SmackDown and the the crowd chanting whoop that trick and stuff. It's does it give hope that maybe Trip Williams could be considered even higher up the selection process in the, the future seasons. Well, it was loud, obviously. It was very different to how it is in NXT, given the smaller environment. Obviously, there's no Booker T <laughs> there to help pipe up as well. One of the best things Booker T actually does at this at this point. But yeah, I definitely think uh, the start of the season was good for Trick, you know, with the became number one contender through the Iron Survivor, and then He's been getting wins in the Dusty Classic, along with Melo. That's and if true. He wins, if he wins with Melo in NXT, they'll be doing double duty at, uh, at NXT Vengeance Day. Maybe I don't think Vengeance Day will actually be part of the the next no. season, given the, how we schedule our, our draft selection, so that kind of works out poorly for them. But one way or another, I think that there'll be a big step in the storyline between him and Melo after that. So mm-hmm. I think he'll definitely be a big part of the, the run of shows leading into May weekend when they have Stand and Deliver. So if you want to get, which is always on the day of WrestleMania, so if you want a big point going into WrestleMania, if you want to get someone on NXT who might get your points at Stand and Deliver, Trick's something to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's not forget Trick Williams was around five selection from Stacey Smith, and he's currently her highest scorer, even higher than someone who's been running rampant in the draft lately. It's Rhea Ripley. Uh, who was her first round pick? She's she's on 40, 40 points overall, and Trick is eleven points ahead, which is mental to think about. And this falls in line as well with our top scorer of the week, John Moxley, on eight points in total. Chris Anthony Lopez's fifth round pick, not his highest scorer. It's uh, he's sort of him and Gunther have 20 and 23 points respectively, but Chris obviously is, has swerved Strickland as his highest scorer with the performance in the Continental Classic. But John Moxley, again, for a fifth-round pick, I think people are sleeping on the, the Moxley factor here. You know, a constant presence on AEW as part of the Blackpool Combat Club, regular appearances, regular wins. Do you think Moxley deserves to be higher on people's priority lists going forward? I think again, some people look at like people like uh, Moxley at the moment, where they're not really in like if they're not in a big storyline or whatever, then they're not sure what the direction. So they don't know how regular they'll be on TV. Whereas it seems to be with people like I mean the Blackpool Combat Club in general, they will just bring them out. So you know, Blackpool Combat Club in action, and they'll beat somebody lower down the card. So the easier, like the more random a match somebody on your team is, in, I think sometimes the better it is for you because it's more likely they will actually get the win. I don't know what Moxley's journey is at the minute, but he seems to just be getting regular wins because he's, I think he's trying to get people to step up to him at the Mm -hmm. moment, but I don't think people really knew where he was going to go. Well, I think the uh, Continental Classic was good for him at the start of the season, winning the Gold League, but obviously then he had that pay-per-view loss to Eddie Kingston as well, so Mm -hmm. that would have slowed him down a little bit. Yeah. 
But it uh, starts off with a whimper, you know, not huge scoring at the eve of the Royal Rumble. But as we know, Scott, everything can change come Royal Rumble season. So, and we'll look at the standings of our Contributors League to see where things stand. So at the bottom, you know, the four, the four-time winner, Team Goat, is currently on 70 points with the GOAT, David Campbell. But just four and a half points ahead of him is Ross McLeod with Imperium Lever, uh, 74 and a half points. The lowest scorer this week as well, uh, only five and a half points for, for Ross's team. Then someone who we all thought I think was going to be finishing bottom uh, this season, Stephen Wilson, six points ahead of Team GOAT on 76 points. Uh, wheel of lore mid-card drafting. You know, someone whose team was selected completely random from a wheel has scored the same points as Lee McAteer this week, uh, 14 points apiece. Uh, but then it's quite a quite a sizable gap. You know, 17 points ahead of Stephen. It's Jack Graham with I would do anything to draft, but I won't do that on 93. Three points ahead of him, we have our Listeners League winner, Johnny Adam, Dark Side of the Onion Ring, 96 points. Good week for him, 19 points overall. Third out of the Contributors League, but not doing him any favours in terms of his ranking so far. Then we have Chris Anthony Lopez, the Bling Generals, breaking the 100-point barrier, 101 points. Pretty mid-season for him, but it's good to see he's made it to triple digits. Same with Gary Kernahan and Team Viscera, 104 points. And for Tom Brock, rode back to the Eredivisie on 108 points. Both of them had pretty good weeks. Uh, so... Actually, no, Gary had 11 points this week. Tom Brock and Chris Lopez both scoring 17. So a good uh, good range of uh, scoring for this lot. But then we move into the top half of the table. So we have the People's Champion, Grant McRobbie, roll to draft, push 2.0, 118 and a half. Pretty quiet week for him, same as Gary. Also only 11 points, but he's, uh, he's in everybody's hearts to pull out an upset Rumble victory. But then five and a half points for him. We're getting into the top five now. So Ryan Dogleash dying, dancing naked to murder on the dance floor with 124. He was the top scorer this week with 20 points. So that's allowed him to overtake Grant. And then fourth place, it's myself, just half a point ahead. Uh, West End Country Club, 124 and a half points, 15 points for myself this week. Then third place, two points ahead, Stacey Smith, Team Bella. 126 and a half, a very good week for her, 19 and a half points overall, and very much within touching distance of winning a season after returning after a long period of absence. And then again, just another half point ahead of her, Lee McAteer, our Listeners League Cup winner from last season. Subscribe on demand, progress plus cheap plug, 127. But Scott McLeod, once again, you could be closing in on another draft win. You're eight and a half points ahead of Lee on 136 and a half with drafting ain't easy. We did say at the start of the show, though, this is Royal Rumble season. Everything could turn on a dime. So looking at your team, we have uh, Cody Rhodes, Julia Hart, the Creed Brothers, Orange Cassidy, Tegan Knox, and Brian Danielson. You're basically banking on a, a back-to-back win for Cody here, aren't you? Well, pretty much, yeah. I'm going into this like season like earlier on like Orange Cassidy and Julia actually did been really well title defensively I mean Julia on the one hand has kind of slowed down but you know Cassidy has been good and to the point where I was thinking at the start of the season I might put the belt the captaincy on him and then switch it to Cody but I didn't do that and maybe I would be 
I'd, I'd have a bigger gap from Lee going into this. But, uh, you know, Ryan Danielson did me pretty well this season. He's been a similar to Jeremy Mothel where he's been getting quite a few consistent wins. Uh, the thing about the Creeds is one little change could have made them a better pick for me. It's the fact that when they ran that gauntlet, it was during that period right before the season scoring started. Mm-hmm. That was a bunch of points they could have got me that you know just went away went by the wayside. But yeah, I mean, it is. I think a big part of it is between me and Lee at the minute, uh, because of like Cody, me and Matty, he got about the two favourites, and you know recent reports have started to look more favourable towards uh, to Cody. Originally, there was a like, yeah, Sports Illustrated thing that said he may not be finishing the story, but then people like Sean Ross happened. Even the person who wrote the, the the story himself, who wrote the, the Sports Illustrated article, even said he thinks he may have been got, given some misinformation or attempted to be misled about what the plans were so, to try to surprise people. Mm-hmm. So this, the ball's very, like, very much back in, uh, in Cody's favour. I think it makes the most sense, storyline perspective, for him to win the Rumble you know, and go on to WrestleMania and get that rematch with Roman Reigns. Because mm. it would be weird for him to go into the chamber as a Raw guy and then challenge for the SmackDown belt, whereas he's got each option for whatever belt he wants as the Royal Rumble winner. So bust the cat and say and everything, and we know how much how valuable the Rumble points can be. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. also at the same time, on Saturday, like it's not just Cody, because I get points for eliminations as well for Cody, but on Saturday night, uh, they've got Collision, and Brian oh, Downs gosh, yeah. wrestling against Eugene Nagata and Orange Cassidy is defending against Commander in the international title. So mm. I've got points on that programme and then whatever Cody can get me. Mm. But let's not take anything away from the fact that Lee McIntyre also has CM Punk, who is arguably one of the other favourites to win. So it sounds like whoever wins, whoever's pick wins the men's rumble will most likely win the season. If it's not Punk or Cody, then it sounds like you'll win by default and you're currently ahead. So Lee needs CM Punk to win the Rumble to have any chance of him finishing the league on top. But one thing I would like to point out as well, that all season long, there has been a bit of a a bet going on between Jack Graham and Ross McLeod. The bet was that if Ross finished higher in the rankings by the end of the season than Jack, then Ross would replace Jack as a host of SDL. Now, currently, it's an 18.5-point gap that Jack has over Ross. Looking at their teams, Jack currently has Finn Balor, Jay Uso, Chelsea Green, JC Jane, The Family, and Samoa Joe. Now, any of those first four picks could easily appear in the Royal Rumble and do pretty decent. Ross, on the other hand, has Sting, Piper Niven, Logan Paul, Roman Reigns, Lola Vice, and Imperium. Logan Paul and Roman Reigns both have title defenses at the Rumble, and Roman is Ross's captain. Mm -hmm. So it looks like Ross is gambling on big points from both of his title defences, whereas Jack needs to rack up points in the Rumble. Who do you think has the edge here? I, th- I think Ross probably has the edge because the thing with the Rumble is not just appearing and everything. And, you know, not everybody that you have that may be in the Rumble can win the Rumble. 
you also get points for elimination and mm-hmm. you know if someone's the Iron Man or you have most eliminations you can get points and then if your captain's there to be on that person that can double and then the most amount points obviously winning the Rumble I don't think Jack is anyone I've seen that can win the Rumble whereas Ross I think with both Logan and Roman like as with most Telefenses that take place at a Royal Rumble, like ninety percent of the time, the champion's going to retain. And with Roman as his captain, well, that's going to be big. You know, peer review captain say Telefenses, but some of the most smart points you could probably get. Plus Logan Paul, they're going to keep that belt on him till WrestleMania. So I think it's going to be tight if Ross doesn't get, close the gap. But I think the Telefenses do give Ross the edge here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thankfully, you know, Jack has posted the the Royal Rumble match point uh, rules for the match going forward and the goat David Campbell has uh has put in a like a an example scenario so the Royal Rumble match points are as follows so you've got an, two points for an appearance you get seven points if they're the overall Iron Man slash Iron Woman you get seven points if they have the most eliminations in the match uh five points if they're the Iron Man out of drafted competitors, five points for most eliminations out of drafted competitors, get two points per elimination, but you lose two points if you get eliminated. And if you win the match, 10 points. And of course, points double for captaincy. So, and the GOAT's given me an example here. So let's assume Bailey wins the Royal Rumble, because she's been the bookie's favorite for some time now. If she wins as Iron Woman and gets three eliminations, that's over 40 points. So everything could turn on its head from any of these wins. So that's just a bit of an ad hoc example for how the points can change for the Rumble. But, but we'll, uh, we'll put the Royal Rumble on hold for now uh, because unfortunately we've got to address the the ever-growing leech that is the Listener's League and the Listener's League Cup. So let me tell you, it is a very, very interesting situation we have at the minute. You know, we have people tied with scores. We have literally about seven points separating position one from position five. And then there's also the added factor of some very, very close mid-card table battles here. So... Fifth place, going into the Royal Rumble. Bertie Wanless, 60 million down the drain with 139 points, tied with Ross McClucky and Los Ingobernables... Oh, I can't even say it now. Los Ingobernables de Jamon, both on 139 points. Third place, Lachlan Hyatt with Kamarnik Kiss, 141. And we now have a tie for the listeners' league standings. Andy Springer, I said, maybe... And Alora May, only Prims, both on 146. Scott, has the Listeners League ever been this close by the end of a season? I think it can happen. Something I think we have had like instances where like there's only a couple of points between people, but it's very rare we have people like tie and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And does like we have mentioned this before, I think Derek can mentioned it, like surely like it shouldn't get this tight. Because if you're in the scene, you can pick literally anybody, then you should be able to win it quite comfortably if you can find the best person from each like round and, and pick them. But mm-hmm. if you're picking the same people, if, like, like someone's going to pick similar picks to you, 
So I think that way, if you've got two picks the same or are doing it really well, it can keep it very tight. So it just depends like who they've got that's different, because I don't know a lot about these people's teams, so I don't know who they've got that's different that it'll help mm. pull it out in the end, you know? Well, Andy Springer has Drew McIntyre on his team. Someone that's, I think a lot of people would describe as a bit of a dark horse for this rumble. You know, he's been picked eight times along with Bailey. So they're, they're, they're the second most selected listeners league pick after Ray Ripley. Uh, third place in terms of selections, we have Chelsea Green, Orange Cassidy, Nia Jax and the Golden Jacks. Nia Jax, obviously somebody that is also a bit of a dark horse for the women's rumble. But let's not take anything away from the fact that four of our listeners league participants scored 21 points this week. Tam McKay, Brian Amielson, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, John Sly, uh, who's all the way down at the bottom, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, doubling down on one one night, doubling down on 119 to one. Uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick, uh, of course, uh, four to one splits are underrated. And Ross Brady uh, with a royal fumble. So a lot of guys at the bottom end of the table have actually been scoring the most as of late. But the top scorer this week, Martin Best, with Progress 24, 132 points. He's tied with Andy Mitchell now with the cream rises to the top. So very, very interesting standings for the the Listener's League uh, table. But as we go into the Listener's League Cup, we now have our final bracket. Uh, So Robert fucking Shaw defeats Alora May, 38-26, and Michael Colottier beats Tam McKay, 45-30. So our final is going to be Michael Clotte versus Robert fucking Shaw. And whoever wins the Listener's League Cup gets to join the Contributors League next season. So looking at Robert Shaw's team, he has Ray Ripley, Lyra Valkyria, Ilya Dragunov, The Family, Darby Allen, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. So not a lot of Royal Rumble representation, unfortunately, but LA Knight is in the title match. I think best case for Robert here is that he avoids LA Knight getting pinned. Whereas Michael Clotte's team, uh, he has Rhea Ripley, Julia Hart, Samoa Joe, Ricky Starks and Big Bill, Santos Escobar and Jimmy Uso. Now, Jimmy Uso was announced for the Royal Rumble this past uh, week on SmackDown. So there's every chance, you know, he might get a couple of eliminations and possibly a, 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 maybe an Ironman performance if he's lucky. But as it stands, it's Michael Clotier's on 45, Robert Shaw's on 38. I think Michael Clotier is looking like the favourite to win the Listeners League Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think with Jimmy, I think it'll be much points for the four-way might come out and try and interfered on Roman's behalf and get involved with the bloodline are, are known to do because it's just like oh there's some people within this group uh, within the draft you know like Derek Campbell who would love to see Robert fucking Shaw back in the I want to see him fish, back fish, yeah for official for a tag team season he's pretty sure he's been in a tag team season before mm-hmm. yeah so it's it really is going to come down, down to the wire in a lot of ways here so um as it stands, that's where our listeners' league is. But got one last thing I want to do before we wrap up season eighteen is I want to I want us to put our predictions in 
for the Royal Rumble card. Now, only four matches have been announced as of yet. We might get maybe one or two more on the night itself, but uh, we'll start with the United States title match. So Ross's pick of Logan Paul is going up against Kevin Owens, who I believe was Grant McRobbie's first round pick. So who do you have winning? Oh, it's Logan Paul. I mean, the story goes up until WrestleMania with Logan, and I don't know. Maybe LA Knight. Part of me actually thinks LA Knight may do a thing with AJ Styles at WrestleMania, but mm-hmm. LA Knight is a fate for her to beat Logan Paul, but it's going to be somebody who, whoever takes it from Logan, is going to be at Mania. Aye, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, it will, I mean, Grant's much higher in the rankings than Ross, but I don't think... Uh, I don't think that's on Ross's minute. I think he's only wanting to finish above Jack. So a win for Logan will definitely be be good for him on that front. Uh, I'm also going with Logan Paul. I think the booking says Paul versus LA Knight at Mania with a big WrestleMania win for, for Knight that year and his first sort of main roster title. Uh, but we'll now go on to the, the Fatal 4-Way match for the undisputed WWE Universal title. Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight. Yeah. Who do you have for this, and who do you think is eating the pin? Because remember, who doesn't get, whoever doesn't get pinned will um, not incur uh, points lost as a result. I think the obvious one is Roman wins pinning AJ, because I know they're trying to make this more interesting than Roman's previous play defensive by saying, given the four-way scenario, it's He's in the most jeopardy he's ever been, but like this close to WrestleMania, with potential either like either it's The Rock or it's Cody Rhodes, one of the two, they wouldn't risk taking a belt off him right before getting one of those two like marquee matches. Uh, the whole reason they reportedly did a four way because they don't want Ro- uh, Randy to get pinned this early, mm-hmm. so Randy's not taking the pin. LNA's already been pinned by Roman, and plus you know I don't think the way. Damage him first, given that reaction, the stellar reaction he got on SmackDown last night. So mm-hmm. by default, AJ's gonna get pinned. I think that will actually help him in the long run because he's on this like heel run. And I think that will further pitch up on his shoulder and further motivate where he goes. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like Ross does Ross has Roman, Grant has LA Knight, yeah. And I have Randy Orton. So AJ Styles is also undrafted. So it might work out for everybody in that case. And yeah, I think Roman's going to be holding it all the way to Mania, especially if, you know, rumours are to be believed on the dirt sheets, etc. But we now come to the Royal Rumble matches. Uh, we did make predictions on this past week episode of Central, where we have our big question posted on our socials. So it's, who do you think's going to win each Rumble who will be the dark horse and what would be the worst case scenario. So you can check that out on our Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community page on Facebook, get involved with the discussion. And yeah, we'll um, we'll share your predictions on some of our, uh, on our next episode of Central. Scott, any, any changes in your predictions given what's happened in the last couple of days? Not at all. Not at all. I stand, I stand by... Uh, saying that Becky's going to win the women's rumble, and you know Cody's going to win the men's rumble, both for logical reasons and for draft reasons. In the case of Cody Rhodes, because I think I have a better good chance of getting points on with or without the win. On top of that, because 
you know, even if he doesn't win, I think in terms of eliminations, because I think Cody's going to be in there for a long time, so he's going to get a fair few eliminations. Mm-hmm. And then also you get Ironman points, plus that's double the he's your captain, and Cody is my captain. Because I think to, to do the opposite of what they did last year, like when they're trying to survive our expectation that Sammy was going to be there and also protect Cody coming back from his peck injury. Whereas now I think they can have him start early on. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like one or two in the Rumble. Maybe he and Punk start it and finish it. I've heard that being a story we'll talk about, which I wouldn't be against. And mm-hmm. Cody, given his, how over he is as a babyface, is very, very much suits the whole Iron Man struggle and ultimately overcome the odds to win the Rumble. So I think it would be you know, a much better story for him to have the Iron Man performance. But like I said, I can hopefully rely on that if he doesn't win, but I'm, I'm banking everything on that mm-hmm. to win because this would also mean that this is the, not only my fourth season win, but it's also the second time I've won a Survivor Series to Rumble season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be, uh, you'd be in it amongst the goats, shall I say, on that front. You know, second person to win a draft four times yet and win two Rumble seasons as well. But I'm going to stick with my predictions as well. I think CM Punk is winning the men's Rumble, and I think Bailey is winning the women's Rumble. Because I think Becky Rhea pretty much writes itself with what they've done on Raw lately, and they could easily expand on it at Elimination Chamber. I think the dissension between damage control, I think, is going to be the driving force behind Bailey's road to WrestleMania. It just seem it just makes for more for an interesting challenge and something worth watching on SmackDown for sure. CM Punk, I think it'd be ten years to the day since he walked out after the twenty fourteen Rumble. How poetic would it be that exactly ten years to the day he gets screwed or screwed out of a Royal Rumble win in twenty fourteen? He walks out afterwards and he comes back and wins the whole thing. Plus, it sets up a program with him and Rollins. You know, they can keep their distance from each other because of Rollins' injury. Punk obviously works a very light schedule now in terms of matches. The promo battles between these two up to that point, you know, let them cook. It's going to be very, very electric in terms of promo work going forward. I see what you're talking about there, especially with Bailey. The thing against Bailey that I talk myself out of is. It's more compelling if she fails than the Rumble and also fails to eliminate Bianca, which is what Damage Control said they wanted her to do and even gets eliminated by Bianca, like I said, on Central. Especially after last night because you had that whole celebration with the Kabuki Wars being the tag champs. You've got Eo's uh, world champ, women's champion and I'll say Nicholas, I don't think it's medically cleared yet. And they weren't even a little, like, letting Bailey raise their hand at the end of the celebration. So if Bailey fails the Rumble and they've all got belts, it gives them more of an impetus to kick Bailey out post Rumble, and then Bailey has to earn her earn her shot another way. I think just storyline wise, whereas Becky, uh, getting like maybe coming down to her and Nia and Becky getting some payback on Nia while earning her way back to WrestleMania and be the first ever two time winner of the Rumble is mm-hmm. uh, interesting. Basically, I'm banking on two multi multi time Rumble winners here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm banking on uh first time win for two others but one last thing before we go Jack uh, Scott sorry uh, I was going to say do you think Jack will retain his position as an an SDL host as well given that he has two rather potentially strong Royal Rumble competitors in Vin Balor and Jey Uso but is it going to be enough 
to maintain that gap he has over Ross. Because two title wins on pay-per-view, one for his captain, would get him, didn't do my math here, at least 20 points. So the two title wins would close the gap for sure. What does Jack need to keep his position as SDL host? Well, I would say, well, first he needs one of those title matches not to go Ross's way, but the statistics against that are very high. So it's unlikely that's going to happen. He needs at least a couple of those picks that he has in the run. Would they be quite dumb and get a few eliminations to help further open the gap? You know, especially like maybe Finn Balor. Like if he's in there with Damien and the, the Judgment Day go on a tear, eliminating a bunch of people. But, you know, because it's not unlikely for like something like this where someone's won something heading into the Rumble match without needing the Rumble eliminations. Like I mentioned my last Rumble season one, I didn't win it because of the Rumble. I won it because Sasha was on the card as my captain. She won it to retain the title. Thank you, Carmella. Uh, so... You know, it's not unlikely that the championship matches can be just as valuable for some people, if not more so than getting a performance of the Rumble, because some people have people who will be in the Rumble just to be there, and sadly, I don't think we'll have much of an impact. Do you think Ross is going to become a host next season? I'm saying there's a strong chance, that's what I'm saying. I mean, mm. getting Ross on a regular basis for a Saturday is another story. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it at that and we'll put all our eggs in the Royal Rumble basket for tonight. So remember, the Royal Rumble's happening tonight on the WWE Network, which is now in its last 12 months before moving to Netflix next year. So make the most of it. Uh, thank you for joining us for another season here on Saturday Draft Live. Be sure to follow our back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, all good Android podcasting sites. Uh, our latest episode of Central came out this past week where we did discuss uh, Raw moving to Netflix, Raw, The Rock joining TKO, but not quite when the Vince McMahon accusations came out. That'll be for, the, that'll be for next time. And a new feature show has come out today as well. It's the 2024 ESSR Royal Rumble Quiz. So make sure to give that a listen as well. All that remains for me to say is uh, thank you, Scott, for, for filling in as we close out another season. And I wish you the best of luck in becoming a four-time winner. i got to finish the story, Dave. <laughs> finish that story. And I think one thing's for certain. This last chapter is going to end with a bang. See you at the Rumble. Sports Social Podcast Network.